0: Ascend Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Chris Hopper. And I'm Dan Harrison. Each week we delve deep with some of the brightest and most forward-thinking, out-of-the-box minds in health, consciousness, mindset and spirituality.
1: This show inspires our listeners to improve their body and mind and our intention is to fuse and lock the conscious warrior and shift the balance in the current paradigm.
2: yeah i mean we're always going through a metamorphosis and we're always like a caterpillar who doesn't know that it's becoming a butterfly or maybe it understands that it's evolving but it has no idea what that end point is so yeah you're absolutely right like it could be a matter of acceptance when we do embody or we enter into the machine
3: we came here there's this there's i think there's two sides the yin yang for sure because we've got Um, infinite potential and we've got a planet that's hurting. It's, we came here to fix it, not to sit on our ass and do nothing. You know what I mean? Like we came here to work on ourselves, to be loving compassion, to raise our vibration and to fix this, to act, to do something. You know, and as we we have to unplug from this game that supports a corrupt system and everything that we do, with what we buy, with how we make our living, with how we treat people, really analyze everything, and that's what makes a difference. One person unplugging from the matrix at a time.
2: We're all going to bed at night being like, even on like our saddest days when it seems like everything's falling apart, we're like, there's no denying that this is so fucking interesting.
1: Hey, what is up everyone? This episode is our final instalment of the past, the now and the future. If you've not heard the other two episodes, I would recommend checking them out. So anyway, this episode is an absolute treat of an episode as we discuss some possibilities about the future with Matt Belay and Michael Sanders. This was truly an epic episode, and it was so great to have a conversation with Michael and Matt together on the same podcast. And this is something certainly that we're going to be doing more in the future with Matt and Michael. So this conversation took on so many different angles. So just to paint a little picture for the episode, imagine a world where the difference between man and machine blurs, where the line between humanity and technology fades, and where the soul and silicon chips unite. Could this already have been done? Are we on the verge of creating this new kind of world and a human? How does the future of Earth tie into this? How does spiritual enlightenment tie into this and into the future? We are already living in a world where computers today exceed the human intelligence in many different areas such as playing chess, diagnosing certain medical conditions, buying and selling. Yet the human intelligence still remains far more subtle and flexible. However, Ray Kurzweil talks about how the most advanced computer are still currently about a million times similar than the human brain. However, he talks about how in the future, computers will be able to achieve the same computing speed as a human brain. In the future, the future is going to be insane to say the least in so many different areas. So that is why in this podcast, we discuss everything from immortality the process of death, the soul, the future of consciousness, virtual reality, the game of life, and so much more. And to say the least, this was an absolute treat of an episode. We're absolutely so excited to share this one with you guys. So without further ado, the future. They were prepared at once withdraw that to. Totally 70s.
0: The year, from 2000 all the way to 2016.
3: Hey guys. Hey. Hey there,
1: man. niggers <laughs> <And you good? laughs> What's up, <laughs> yo? <laughs> uh. How's it going? Mark can you hear us as well?
3: Oh, I can hear you, man. We are doing it. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Kicking ass with this <laughs> four-way.
3: Up. Do it. I'm just gonna turn my phone off. Cool.
2: Ah, oh, it's great to see you guys. Can I see your pictures? Should I uh go off video?
3: Uh, yeah. I was gonna say oh. just in case. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> you're, I, it's, I just I had my camera off and I wasn't looking and then I look up and you're, you're, you're classic. Is that how you always podcast? Shirtless and standing like that? <laughs> yeah,
2: standing and occasionally shirtless.
3: Not all the time. Oh, man. All right. Well, I'm going to stand, too. I'm going to get in. <laughs>
2: the, the, right.
1: the,
3: the naked podcast. <laughs>
2: the naked podcast, yeah. Send to nudity.
1: <laughs> cool. I love
2: that. So, That's hilarious.
1: Just start off by saying I think technology is already heading in this new radical direction. I think we can all definitely agree on that. I think the evolution of mankind maybe turning into this entirely new species. Who knows?
0: I know we're gonna talk about this today on the podcast, but I know it's gonna be good.
2: Yeah, it's gonna
0: be great. And guys, I think like the best thing about all of us minds like getting together and like really exploring the future of humanity, like it is incredible because the four of us, like we all like to really open up, like our yeah. creative consciousness. And, like, to really expand into what's possible for, like, this new existence that's far beyond that we can physically see. It's beautiful because it shows us, like, what may be possible if we, like, really embrace the love for this planet. Or even what would happen if we embraced fear.
3: Totally. Yep. Oh, yeah, man. It's coming together. Just everybody, you know, everybody with, with open minds, open hearts. And just there is no limit, man. It's going to be epic
1: yeah definitely guys i just want to say as well i think as well if just i want to bring up views as well i think there's definitely if we look around now with the future of technology coming up there's definitely got a lot lot of um new cutting-edge innovations coming up in the future and already on the cusp of happening in some cases as well but there's so many things if you would do all think about it that could really change the evolution of humankind it's entirely new species but um a, a good point. Oh, yeah. yeah definitely a good thing to start this so i want to talk about how about how we could transform and who we are because it's clear to say that technology is becoming so more advanced in many different areas especially when it comes to even if you think about the um, the modification of the human body and I'm not I'm not saying that's a good thing but there's so if you look at now guys there's so much talk about like even um, modification of human embryos and people talking about how there will be a time where even parents are going to be able to choose like the best genes and create like super childs but Mm -hmm. To start this so i wanted to go even deeper than that right <laughs> and I, I really think right yeah. you guys are the perfect guys <laughs> to ask this but us as human beings if you do think about what we've always been on this quest to see if we can live forever in the search for like uh, immortality and it's if you do think about it, it has always been built in this like whole human ethos right but i was wondering right can you boys see us in the future like living um maybe 200 or 300 years longer and even possibly like, the possibility of immortality in this physical existence in the future?
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, lifespan are expanding or extending each and every year. We get to live longer and longer. Um, I think, yeah, you you mentioned in this physicality, I think we already are immortal in the fact that we exist forever. Um, But yeah, I suppose you're addressing the notion of whether or not we'll be able to live, like, if I could live as Michael Sanders,
1: immortally.
2: And, um, yeah, I suppose I think we could potentially be given that choice um, in some sense I feel like we already have that choice it's just a ma- matter of um, understanding how to do it personally I don't think I would choose to become an immortal being as uh, a human well, um, it could change my mind but I think I am fascinated by the notion of death and what comes um, you know after being a human mm-hmm. although I, I there are certainly humans who are on the quest for attaining immortality and so i think since it exists as an idea we can manifest it into reality so i I do believe that at some point human beings will have that choice
0: yeah i i think it does make you wonder like um are we all just going to be given like a choice to live immortality or or actually live like up to about 90 to 100 years so is like half the population going to say yes and other half saying no? Like it's, it's going to be a fascinating introduction to see how that would actually play out on the grand scale of humanity.
3: Well, I kind of see it as, a, you know, I agree with Sanders. Um, and what I've been getting from the people that I've been talking to is that um, it's going to kind of be like that choice, but we're going to have, for the first time ever, the ability to kind of like walk into that next realm, to that fifth dimensional consciousness, with the same body that we're in. Mm-hmm. So I, I believe that 100% we're infinite. We don't die. And um, oh, sorry, I got a massive squeak. Um, and whatever, like the Michael Sanders or the Matt Belair, or you know, whatever your identity is, that soul essence of who you are is going to transcend. So you you live. In some some sort of capacity, but I think that as this new energy or the 2012 or whatever is going to happen, and I think when you're t- talking about with technology, it's going to be a massive assist in what's possible. Yeah. And so I think that as we begin to continue to open, to continue to connect, and and just expand in ways that we can't even understand, it's not going to be like the way we're thinking about. The problem now it's going to be this whole different idea that we can't even fathom you know and whatever happens we're like holy smokes it'll be a whole whole set of rules and a different set of paradigms in the same way if you look in the planet you know like a a bug or a, a, a something small it doesn't have the same consciousness as a bird or an eagle and an eagle doesn't really have the same consciousness as a dolphin and we don't have the same consciousness as a human or an ape so there's all these varying degrees and i think that that's what's happening is we're going to get a varying degree in consciousness that we can't even fathom yeah. Mm.
2: Like, yeah i'd also like to say that i think immortality might have a lot to do with memory um because you know we don't remember our existence inside the womb or at least i don't i don't remember my existence as a sperm cell inside my dad's nutsack, sack and i don't remember <laughs> what was happening before going- for then, you know, so like, but I have been immortal this entire time. It's just that I don't remember it. So perhaps our quest for immortality could be a technological or biological or biotechnological enhancement of our memory to retain understanding of what's occurred in the past. And largely, I think that that actually does exist through our DNA and just through like tapping into meditation where you can come to these intuitive universal awarenesses that seem to have existed forever but they you just seem to have sort of forgotten along the journey as the game i was
3: gonna say as well yeah it's, totally man and
1: that's yeah. when i'll go ahead go ahead go ahead uh,
3: okay i was gonna say you know in all the um religious texts and, and the saints and seers and you know yoga nanda and all that kind of thing they just talk about the veil and that's what mm. the veil is you have to forget that you are infinite spirit you are divine god all-knowing and if you knew that you know the way that i kind of say it is like you're Super Mario, and if you had all the cheat codes, life, you know, wouldn't serve its purpose.
1: Yeah. So, yeah.
3: In, in in having the veil, you go through, and you learn how to, you know, squish the first little Koopa guy, and then you've got the more challenging guy that throws the, uh, you know, little axes at you. That guy's a dick, and he's super hard to get past. Um, but <laughs> as we have these challenges, we grow, and so that's what I think the veil is. And Sanders, that's a super cool point about memory because then all. You know, when you go past this realm that you and I have touched and it's very confusing and infinite and there's no uh, words for it because you have no idea, you have no reference
1: point
3: for what the heck is happening, Um, that's when all that kind of information and you'll be, you know, you'll be at this higher level of awareness.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, yeah. I agree with both of you. Because I think there's there's so many different multifacets to the to the even if you just break it down uh, to the soul and think about how many multi different facets of like all these different dimensions the soul could en- enter. But I was thinking <laughs> there, right? I was thinking this, maybe it's already being done because just if you think about it, right, just like the um, the case of just imagine a machine in the soul taking over like a, a machine in the future. My mm-hmm. thinking is, i definitely say the soul is this, like, infinite being, right? But with the, like, infinite nature of the soul, I really feel the soul couldn't just take this leap into another machine or being, right? But however, maybe the spirit or soul, right, it has to go through a process where it accepts this, like, new encounter so the process mm-hmm. can take place where the soul can enter the machine. And I, I I thought about this as well, even if you can think back, right, and uh, go back right back to the beginning of human time. We didn't know we were becoming human.
2: Yeah. Mm, right. Yeah, I mean, we're always going through a metamorphosis and we're always like a caterpillar who doesn't know that it's becoming a butterfly or maybe it understands that it's evolving, but it has no idea what that endpoint is. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, it could be a matter of acceptance when we do embody or we enter into the machine.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. It makes you wonder as well. Like, um, yeah. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Um, I was just going to say it. It makes you wonder as well. Like, if the soul, if it was actually given the choice to actually live forever, the soul would actually just think, well, I already do live forever, but mm-hmm. I just don't live in this temporary being that you're in. So yeah. whatever happens after this, I will continue. Whereas we're like still like limited in our thinking, like maybe oh this this is this is it. Whereas we just thinking in the physical form, but whereas the soul will already understand that there is no limitations and that it is going beyond. But if, it makes you wonder though, what is going to happen if the soul, if we actually do put this soul into something infinite, just as like one human vessel, and it makes you think like the soul is just going to be like, is the soul going to evolve? Is it going to evolve into the nec- next evolution? Is it, is it going to evolve into enlightenment? Or is it just going to stay in this? Because then I think that would make like the soul very unhappy and it'll like be disconnected. Yeah. So uh-huh. may, maybe,
2: I think the soul always, and we always have a choice too, though. Yeah. Fine. Like, unhappiness is oftentimes the, the result of not feeling free and not feeling like you have a choice in a situation. Um, so, I think, you know, whether, like, we could say a, tr- a soul makes the declaration to become an immortal human being, but that declaration could be nullified or reversed, and it could then just elect to, you know, die or do something else, right? Like, I think if it has the power or to become immortal it has the power to be the opposite mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to be mortal
1: i was just going to say as well guys yeah. I, I know i might go ahead if you want
3: no i no, will go for it I'll, I'll add on to whatever yeah. you're going to yeah. say now i'm just going
1: to say because michael you said before as well that um you when we're talking about the possibilities like could we will get to a point where we live ever. would would we accept that but i was wondering like i wanted to like go a bit deeper on that so let's say we did get to a point where we can't live ever in the soul, can't like live forever in this like in this reality. Would you guys want to live forever like in this physical re- physical exi- existence? Mm.
2: <laughs> maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it just depends how things are going,
1: you know? Yeah. See, I, I was for me as well, I was thinking initially, like maybe for the like maybe I would like to have like another say five hundred years to explore this planet because I think that would be ama- uh-huh. that would be amazing and I really would, I would love to experience this like planet further and be allowed longer to explore the explore everything this planet has to offer. Mm. But I think we would get to a point where we're craving this process of death because we might get to a point in time where we actually realize the process of death needs to happen. That's what I was thinking anyway.
3: Yeah, yeah. definitely. Go ahead, Matt. Um, yeah, so I have thoughts and most of that stuff um, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know like some of the questions that you're posing about you know death and life and and this kind of thing a lot of them are like what what happens to the soul or would the mind want this like I think a lot of them are um, you know mental concepts and mental constructs that don't exist and mm-hmm. you know they're created and formulated from mind in illusion yeah. so what you, you know does our soul like our soul is infinite that's just the truth that just is and you can go and experience these spaces through certain practices and that. That just is. Mm-hmm. So then when you're in you know, this lower understanding, or not lower, but in the veil, you are concerned with life. And I think that what we're talking about is growth and expansion, and we will always be growing, expanding, and evolving. I don't think it's possible not to. Um, I think it's just the notion, you know, we're talking about death and human form in the body, mm-hmm. um, and that's frightening for some people. And I think that that's where something like a shamanic death ritual, which is just a guided meditation, Um, that anyone listening, I'd be happy to, like, help them or make something. But that was a very, you know, interesting process when I was younger to do that and basically just kind of go through and, okay, if I'm going to eat it, which I'm going to apparently, um, what what am I doing with my life? What purpose? And, you know, your purpose is probably not to just have a, you know, not a mundane job, not that there's anything wrong with a job, but it's just finding something that you're passionate about and moving towards because we're, you know, natural beings, we're infinite beings on this planet and we all have a purpose and a gift. So, we are afraid to die because we're not living. I'm not afraid to die. Now, I've said this before, if I were on a plane and it were going down, I would be afraid. Definitely mm-hmm. But like the concept of death, it doesn't it doesn't bother me because I I know that whatever is going to happen, uh, we're going to grow and we're, I'm going to expand and I I will exist and and I don't know if I'll have the same Boundaries or, or, you know, the same awareness. Like I said, in the same way, you know, a duck won't have the same awareness as a human. Yeah. I think it'll go beyond. But what I do think, my theory is that this, and this is what I've, I've talked to some really intelligent people uh, who blow my mind. And the understanding that I'm having is that we're gonna have this opportunity that in this body, that our bodies actually hold all the information. So I call the mind and all these limiting beliefs our dum dum brain. And it's definitely my dumb, dumb brain that's afraid of things that you know is it has irrational fears that's trying to control everything. Where you know like a butterfly, you know, turning into a, uh, sorry, a caterpillar turning into a butterfly that doesn't really have to think about it. We're going to evolve, but we can evolve consciously within our bodies to this new understanding. So the world as we see it, um, I think, will fractal into two kind of like (laughs) i had this this is a bit out there but um you know the bible when it talks about the end of times now i think that that's real and it talks about about a fractaling between you know one is hell on earth and one is a heaven on earth and i think that that's what the ascension is some people will go through hell and it's going to be challenging and it's going to be chaos and destruction and some people will kind of gravitate toward the world that makes sense because visually what's represented on this planet is fear and destruction and and all this kind of stuff but i think that's like maybe i don't know what 15 percent i don't know what do you think sanders but it's it's like so in our face i think that we're we're loving and we're caring in nature and then when we connect with this that's when we're going to up our vibrational frequency we're all going to get together and we're going to build a planet and a community that makes sense but right now um we're in this challenging state and one way that 2012 was put to me was that for the first time in, you know, whatever they were saying in astrology, it was an astrologer. They're like, they're saying that f- for the first time ever, we're g- going to be above 51% positive rather than in the past. It's been, you know, as a collective, we're 51% negative. So more people out for themselves, taking, pillaging, all that kind of stuff, But for the first time, we're going to come together and say, hey, maybe go from selfish to selfless, go from service to self to service to all, go from, you know, this concept of mind to ours, to our planet, to this this new perspective. And I think in that, you know, we are going to change the planet and we're going to have a shift in our consciousness and we will be able to tune this. I think DNA is activating too, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Are we getting strands? yeah so all, all kinds of nature is taking care of itself right we didn't do that nobody's just like, okay i'm gonna turn my dna today you know yeah i, I was just gonna
2: so
1: say that's, I was just my gonna, rent, yeah. sorry boys i was just gonna jump in there because i know this is talking about the future but i just wanted you just sparked something in my mind there matt because um i've been looking into dna a lot lately and there's actually i'm not gonna go too deep into it but there's a lot of theories about how certain psychedelics can actually tap into properties within our dna <laughs> yeah so that's, that's That makes it. sense. Yeah. That's where you're I don't want to go too deep on that. but <laughs> It works. It's, it's
3: interesting. But you, gotta be, you have to do a certain level of work too, you know, like with psychedelics. I think that they're very useful. Um, and I think that there's going to be a resurgence of modern shamanism. You know, like if I came to the UK and did like a mushroom ceremony or something, yeah. just because I'm aware of what it's like to be on mushrooms, and we're not going to go to a party, we're going to go out into the forest. We're going to grab some singing bowls. We're going to do a meditation, and we're going to make it a sacred ceremony. That's what they're for. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And we've just abused these ways to connect to something deeper. And then the people that are experimenting – it's interesting because you've got some people that are – Um, functioning and they're intelligent but they're terrified of psychedelics and then you've got these other side where there's people just exploring psychedelics all over the place but not integrating any information kind of like you know the party or or something like that so it's kind of strange where you know you got these two sides and if you can kind of merge them and say okay you know i've done self-work and and um you know i'm doing this so i can connect with more with myself or solving an issue or something, doing it in a ceremony type circumstance in nature can be a very, very powerful experience and and experience states that uh, you might not experience. And then if you do them a few times or you have spiritual practices, you realize you can Create those states on your own, and that's the whole goal: is to integrate the information. But it's in these states, whether it's in deep meditation for me, or uh, uh, psychedelic, maybe ayahuasca or mushrooms, um, and and I'll do now breathing and stuff like that if I'm in there. I was just going to touch a, this oh, space.
1: Sorry. I was just going to say as well what you explained. No, no, I was just going to say as well, Matt. There, sorry, jump in. I was just going to say what you that process, what you were explaining there about the combination of mixing like meditation with like sound techniques and psychedelics and things like that, and that's sort of similar to bring Michael in, or that's sort of similar what Love Evolution, uh, uh, sorry, Love Evolution's doing at the minute, aren't they?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's exactly what we're doing. Um, and I mean, there's not always psychedelics involved, or at least not for each and every person there. But there's you know there's always a choice for people to do that on their own. If they'd like. And um, one of the things I wanted to touch on that, Matt, you said about um, like uh, a higher level of positivity, let's say, on the planet and these different forms of reality, like these fractal forms of reality already exist in the expression of seven billion different humans. Like each and every one of us has a different perspective on how reality operates. And increasingly, like I think we already are operating. Um, in heaven on earth and because you know you can speak with somebody who sees the world as this dark and dreary and dangerous place and then you can speak with somebody else who just sees like all this love and light and magic and miracles and neither of them is wrong and it's just it's a choice and it's how their conditioning has led them to this point and it could be reflective of the amount of self-work they're doing or just their life's journey so Um, this notion of like creating a reality that is harmonious already exists for some people
3: yeah and I totally agree man Um, and that's if you listen to Bashar the channeler he talks about that someone's asking him questions about you know how is it that we have you know one person has great wealth and the other one has this and that and he's just like let me be very very clear like one person can experience chaos and one person can experience heaven on earth you have that choice as a free being, and that's what we came back here with free will. But if we put ourselves in a more challenging circumstance, all of these you know, negative events or you know, in, in the perception of negative are opportunities to grow, and that's it. And we've kind of have chosen this, and then when we do the work and we wake up and we get the lessons, we can choose uh, letting go. And this ascension process, um, I'm actually uh, working with a guy, Shor Slocum, who is one interesting duck. Um <laughs> it just, you know, the crap he says to me just blows my mind. You know, if this is blowing people's minds, like imagine my mind being just annihilated consistently. Um, and, you know, oh crap, I forgot my thought. Cause he was, um, oh shoot, oh yeah. So he's basically talking about like actual processes of ascension and really how we do that is so simple. It's it's thinking about enlightenment, like to be light, right? right to be light like light being it's more of a process of letting go than acquisition Mm -hmm. so what are you holding on to what memory what fear fear is a huge one anything that feels heavy right fear anger jealousy uh doubt even right that's a lower one but that's all fear and then when you move into uh love kindness compassion you know start with love and compassion for yourself then give it to you know somebody you love and then then the challenge is to give it to somebody being a douche to you and you know, I can say about that reality thing. I was talking to my friend the other day. Whenever when someone says like, "We are they," like, "Oh, I can't do it because they are mean or they are holding me down," say, "I, I am holding my holding me down. Uh, yeah. They, you know, they are mean. I am mean. You know, and we take that. And because my reality, you know, for the better part of like four or five years and even longer, I can. I don't remember really. Like, there's probably been one or two semi-challenging situations. I am always around people who are great like i am i almost never witness violence uh people are like i never mean to me and if they were i would show them love and compassion as best i could because i'm done with that resonance right until you know then i get a new challenge or whatever then i'm like oh crap you know i then i know that i have to do my best to show it love and compassion and that's that's our um challenge is c- to continuously do that you know like ram das is a really good example because because he was this leader in spirituality then he had a stroke and then he's talking about you know going through the process of having a stroke with that same mentality and saying like you know this sucks ass
2: Mm.
3: you know he's like i guess i still had more to learn like this is terrible i hate this you know but he's Mm -hmm. going through with that same level of um honesty integrity awareness uh, um humility and so, as we let go more and more of our baggage, we can be light. And it is holding on to anger, past memories, and fear. And that's why they pump fear down our throats. Mm. So, as I rant. Right, go from fear mm-hmm. to love, you know, fear to love and compassion, and you'll feel better.
0: Matt, I, I, yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head there, like, and I think that is what this whole future of humanity is really looking at, is, like, taking down these challenges of fear and really breaking out the point of truth where love and light can really come together and just blast into this new existence and I think this is what this is because we're on the um, the age of connection right now and the are connecting to all over the everyone around the world it makes you wonder like in 50 years time or 100 years time how is this connection going to grow and like you said before it's going to keep growing in the positive because deep down everyone is just a peaceful human being Everyone just wants peace. They may be obstructed by values currently, but eventually through the connection that we're all going to have together, we're going to be all entwining with our values and we're all going to be breaking down these walls of fear together. And I think that is what's going to push us onto this next process. And this process, like I said before, is going to be the light and it's going to be the new revolution where we can all come together as one huge collective consciousness. And this is where we can embrace this humanity as we're like... One, and that is love, and that is going to be the that is going to be the future that we all need to push towards. But it's but like now, right now, we are in the eleventh hour where we need to understand like like there's one there's one evil entity pushing towards it like a whole community of hate and anger, but there's also this massive 51% now who's pushing towards peace, and that's why we're going to have to keep pushing towards it. And this is where we're coming in right now. We're all pushing towards this together.
2: Totally. I think um, also, you know, letting go of the need to uh, feel in a way what you perceive as being good all the time and recognizing that, like, any disharmony you experience is part of a larger harmony that just could simply be beyond your ability to understand. So, like, just as an example, a very simple one is like the Donald Trump's presence in the United States, and he's Propagating a lot of hate and anger and racism and things of this nature But on the positive side, he's bringing to surface a lot of things that haven't been expressed But have been bu- bubbling below the surface for a long time in the United States of America. So he's largely like a purge. It's like a purging of this negative energy and like who knows what will happen with the election there and whoever wins It's not something I follow too closely, but it, it could simply be a purging of negative energy onto something brighter and um, so, yeah, I think it's good to understand that, like, times of darkness are often the most teaching.
3: Nothing is- yeah, I love that. I love that, man. What I was going to add was um, I think that whatever is happening, it's all individual. It is not, you know, the world. You Everyone's, you know, the world is this and change the world. No, no, no. Right. Change yourself. You are the world. Yeah, exactly. That will be the reflection you are going to get. In every single way, dimension, density, love, joy, you're going to create it. And as this thing shifts, and it always has, we've had the free will to create our realities. And so it's going to be, you know, how it starts is how you're reacting to what's in your reality, you know, so if you react to everything with anger and, um, I don't know, distrust, you got you to gotta switch your own internal vibration, your own internal dialogue, and Whatever you're going through, that's a challenge, that's your karma, that's your shit. You got to get through your shit. Stop worrying about everyone else's. Worry about yourself, and then be kind, because nobody who's gone through, you don't see the Dalai Lama going around being a dick to everybody, (laughs) because he's worked through his shit, you know what I mean? You don't see Sanders going around being a dick, he's awesome, because he's worked through his shit, and it's not always fucking easy. I mean, it's a lot of times, really hard, but you're going to do it, and you're not going to put that on other people, you know? You're like, you know, hey, sorry, I'm working through do something right now. I hope you're having a great day. I'm dealing with this childhood trauma. I'm dealing with, you know, I don't know, getting dumped. I'm dealing with whatever it is. Uh, but I got to go through it because I got to go through it. And that's, you know, that's it. Most people just try to, rather than go through it, you know, dump and blame and, and, and then they project that out. So this whole ascension and all this stuff about the world and Donald Trump and all this kind of stuff, it's your own stuff. You can, you can create this within yourself. None of that will matter when you become and realize that you're the infinite creator. You can, you can suit supersede all of that that boundary and i think that what we, what we came here to do in the deepest sense um is that we are the vibrational beings the saviors the things that needed to save the planet because it was so messed up if you look at how the planet is and has you know function over the last 50 or 100 years it has not been great and so we needed beings to come back and i think that we were those beings we are those beings. We're star seeds. We're, you know, beings of light come back to sort this out. And because you look at it and everybody can agree it's broken on a mass scale from what we see is very, very broken. We're not taking care of the planet. So how does the change start? Well, the only way it ever can it starts with you, it starts with you making conscious choices with how you treat yourself, how you treat people, how you act in your community, what you do for a job. If you're the guy who is in the army shooting people in the face, that is literally you know you might have to pay for, for you know things and you might think it's great, uh, but like you're 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 doing something you're making an act. If you're the guy who is you know working for oil and and drilling and all of a sudden oil happens, like you're contributing to that. Like you have to take ownership, and I understand that we have you know, bills to pay and things like that, but you've, you know, you really gotta take ownership for your choices because you contribute for those and that's your thing. And it's not to say it's a wrong choice because I think that we have to figure out ends meet and that's a challenge, but it's really looking at value and what your contribution. And one of the simple ones is like meat. You don't have to be a vegetarian, but if you eat nine cheeseburgers a day, you know, be aware that you're, you know, you're merking a cow like every week because Mm -hmm. you can't consciously consume something. Be, you know, take ownership for yourself and your actions.
1: Well, that was an absolute beautiful point, by the way, and I just want to say as well, when you were talking about, like, it seems like, it seems to me like when you were talking about, like, these good beings have, like, ascended on the planet to make a change on the planet, it sparked in my mind that it seems to me, like, I mean, Christopher uh, talked about this before, about it seems to be like these, like, conscious warriors have, like, ascended on the planet, and it seems to me, it, just imagine if you could go back in, um, in time, and we were in a position where, we in one time, we had a chance to choose whatever planet we'd go to. I think if you if you think about that concept, you would choose Earth because at the minute on Earth now it seems to be like this big cusp and change on this planet, and if we were like in another galaxy and we could choose to go anywhere else, you would. Pro- if you think about you, we would probably choose Earth to make that change. And this time as well, this and, time and period. This, yeah, and this time period as well.
3: Yeah. Oh, dude, hundred percent. Like when you said that, um, my body just had like head to toe full vibe. And so, the way that I've understood this concept is from Dolores Cannon, and I had heard this a few different times, but she put it in the clearest way. And basically, that Mother Earth is a living, conscious being. It's been basically getting, you know, abused. So, put out the signal to the galaxy of all these different uh, beings, light beings, different star systems, galaxies. And this is going to be really out there for some people. But then, people, as like, you know, ascended beings, were like, oh, crap, person trouble who's going to go back mm-hmm. and then we volunteered to come back and then we ascended on the planet to fix this and, and help as just a vibrational being to anchor in a new frequency and um the first time that i kind you know had this experience i've heard of people coming from different star systems and things like that sanders is one is included in that but i was looking up something a few months later about the Pleiades. and And the second I pushed play on this Pleiadian channeling, my body had a head-to-toe vibration, like, really. And in meditation, it's been happening, and other times it's been happening more frequently. But I'm like, okay, cool, that's interesting. Then I asked myself, am I Pleiadian? And my body so heavily just vibrated. Whoa. Very, very, very distinctly. And then I'm like, okay, cool, like, what do I do with that? You know what I mean? Like, I'm open to not being Pleiadian. I'm open to this not making any sense because it really doesn't you know, make a whole lot of sense to me, even I'm kinda figuring it out. But I get like three confirmations from different people in different circumstances. Like a friend of mine says he's from the Pleiades and he's not a spiritual dude at all. You know what I mean? Like he's like the absolute opposite of it. I'm like, how do you know that man? And he's like, all I do is spend time in nature. That's and that's all he does. He rides a snowmobile out in nature and so, you know, he's had this uh, like transformation of, you know, what you would say spiritual his is like time in nature. You know, but his, his, the way he would language his daily life when I met him wasn't really along those lines, you know? So I had all these different confirmations. And then what I was going to write about at Burning Man was how I think like the first article I wrote was Ethereum frequency and vibration. And now what I think it is is like this intergalactic star seed meetup kind of deal. And uh, when you're at Camp Mystic on Wednesday, the singer goes, uh, where? all my where are all my pleiadians this is downloaded from the pleiadian star system and like 15 of us look at each other and we just kind of smile like this is interesting <laughs> yeah. and these would be the kind of people if like a spaceship came down you would want these guys on your team yeah they definitely. were you could just yeah. see in their eyes that they were loving conscious they would they would get down on their knees to help you you can just you can you can see that when someone does that amount of self-work you can recognize it you know and they were fit and they were, you know what i mean they just took care of themselves and you could tell that they were loving so you know that's something interesting so i don't i don't know how that helps but it's something that i've kind of been uh experiencing and dealing with you know in this higher dimensional thing and i think that if we start to realize that we are the ones that we have been waiting for that this is our planet we can stop worrying about small stupid shit (laughs) it
1: whoa that was absolutely beautiful might as well just to go back as well. I mean, that was a beautiful point, but just something that sparked in my mind there. And I mean, this might be a bit more of a downer point, but it's just just something I had to touch on because when we were talking about the like the frequency and the vibration, like rising and stuff, and you, Matt, you touched on this before as well, and Michael, you said a little bit about it as well. But you are talking about the the difference between like the hell and heaven on the planet, right? But mm-hmm. in the future, I was thinking like, say we do get to a point where like we do evolve and our consciousness evolves, right? I was thinking, well, can we actually can we get to a point where we can go past evil because it seems to be that in the future like just like the now as well there needs to be this balance between like um, there needs to be a balance between good and evil but there also needs to be that balance between light and dark as well do you yeah. understand what I mean?
2: Mm-hmm. I, I think the notion of good and evil is a very subjective one and um, light and dark definitely seem to both exist and something that um, it's interesting like talking about being Uh, light beings and things of that nature is the notion that the darkness is competing for our energy in a very similar manner that the light is as well. Mm -hmm. And we don't, like oftentimes if you, if you know, if you're advocating or operating in the light constantly, then you may just be ignorant to the notions that the dark is trying to express. And darkness can often be, rather than like an evil entity, but rather a lack of awareness towards something. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like the confines of your mind. If you go into the darkness, you're exploring realms that you perhaps haven't been to before. And you could get there and you're like, you shine your light on that darkness, which simply means you come to understand what exists in those spaces. Mm -hmm. And it may not be that bad after all. So like one notion that it came to me during... um, whenever like if i smoke marijuana it's a very intense experience for me so i do it quite rarely but this one time i was being challenged with the notion of um it, it was saying to me like okay so you work in clean energy and i was like yeah and it says you think that you're healing the planet and you're you're saving the planet and i was like yeah i mean that, that's that's part of my mission and then it's it first off it's like okay it so said do you know that there's an oil scarcity And I'm like, well, I don't personally know. I've done the research. And it's like, right. So you've, you've come to understand that there's an oil scarcity. You've seen that be published. You've seen other authorities demonstrate that. And then it asks is like, do you know that oil is even destructive to our planet? And I'm like, well, I've done the research. I've, I've seen what other people documented, science and everything. It's like, right. But you don't personally know that oil is destructive to our planet. And then. And I'm like, well, yeah, I guess you're right. And then it challenged me by saying, so it's like, is there any chance that perhaps your desire to save the planet through clean energy is actually a hindrance to an evolution that you simply can't understand and you're unaware of at this point? And it was questioning, was saying like, what if the earth is actually a stepping stone, like a sacrament or a sacrifice onto something much greater? And and that could be a metamorphosis, whether it's technologically something we give birth to or something biological that we give birth to. And this was very challenging for me because, you know, obviously I work in clean energy and I believe that and I want to um, propel Mother Earth's existence. I want her to live longer because I feel very at home with her. And my belief hasn't changed and nor has my drive to bring clean energy to the world however it did make me this experience made me aware of the contrasting point which isn't necessarily wrong and it's not even necessarily evil it's just some it's just different
0: hmm I think I think that's very interesting that like my uh, and I think I, I, I'm really like fascinated by that concept as well because like if if like mother earth like eventually like it is a it like a, what do you say like a stepping stone to a, like a snow yeah. th- which is very interesting like but like um, as, a, as a child say like we're the child and we're connected to like this mother earth mm-hmm. like eventually we'll always have this connection just like a um, child to its mother and I think that's going mm-hmm. to be beautiful but just like in when we become adults we maybe be get more distant to, from the uh, mother and start to look, look beyond and then eventually when the mother passes we'll hopefully still be co- continuing to grow but with that um mother still inside of us so hopefully we're still taking our part of the earth with us to the next next um next realm of existence if you know what I mean I was just gonna right. jump. I was just gonna
1: jump in there Michael as well and I was gonna say maybe that maybe that's sort of like that little bit of like detachment that you are feeling from that sense maybe and like in, in saying that is just a stepping stone maybe that um maybe that's just a process within your being because inside your body you your soul deep down knows that you're a part of something larger than just this planet yeah that's <clears throat> that's amazing that's what i was thinking
2: right well yeah i was actually speaking about this with my friend the other night or actually last night so like growing up, I was very invested into professional sports, you know, I loved watching NHL hockey and NBA basketball and so much of my well-being would be wrapped up in whether or not my team would lose, you know it was the Montreal Canadiens in hockey and the Toronto Raptors in basketball, and like if the Raptors won, I would be thrilled, I'd be ecstatic and if they lost, I'd be crushed for a few hours, and now like, you know, I guess if somebody asked me, what are your favorite teams, I'd still say that those two are my favorite, but like I don't care if they win or lose, like I'm happy that other people are happy when their team wins, and I think it's cool, but it's just sport, right? And then, like, if you extrapolate and you look at it from, like, a more cosmic and universal sense, you could see, like, Mother Earth's um, resilience or her longevity being similar to a sport, like Earth winning some sort of sporting match or event.
0: Wow, that's a fantastic way of looking at it. That's a great analogy,
2: that. And, yeah, like you're saying, it is a different level of... it's It's a... it's not necessarily a level of detachment it is to some degree but it's also just a level of observing and like you know i've said it before but like just to clarify i still like i love mother earth and my mission is to allow her to grow um but i recognize that that's that's just that's my belief and my purpose and it doesn't have to be uh, um everybody's
3: wow uh-huh. Yeah, man, and I th- I really love that point point in the analogy where you know you're going through the challenging of your assumption where you would think that it would just make sense that you're doing clean energy and it's good, exactly. but you go through the process and it's just you know when I, I like when I say when I was talking about oil or your job or even being in the military like I can't even perceive that's bad to shoot someone in the face maybe somehow it's good I don't, I don't know. know you know what All I mean right. it seems it seems bad and for me it seems like I'm not going to make that choice because it doesn't resonate with me. So really questioning on that deep, deep level, um, you know, our assumptions and what we're doing. That's the whole point is in t- internal inquiry, asking yourself, you know, does this feel right? Am I doing this? And the thing is, you know, for me, when I was in my early 20s and went down, you know, I was always interested in how we still had words. How I kind of went down the rabbit hole and figured a lot of things out because um, it didn't make any sense like, at all. How are we killing? You know, you you, you kill one person and you go to jail for a long time. If you kill a lot, it's totally cool. Um, so, um, you know, you just gotta make sure you kill enough, right? Then, then it's fine. Apparently, and so we do it under some sort of banner or some sort of guy in the sky that you know is basically all about love, except for if you love a different guy in the sky. You know, so it's like the Easter bunnies, better than uh, Lucky Charms guy or something. You know what I mean? It's like. But really, the underlying message is unconditional love, right? But you can distort it through the mind. You can distort all these things through the mind. So, you know, in that perspective, I was really sad for, you know, I'm probably depressed quite a bit in my early 20s because I didn't understand how it could be so bad. But then I realized a couple of things. Number one, I don't have to put the world on my shoulders. I didn't, you know, do this. It's, it's for me to just only own up to my part. And there's a higher order of intelligence, you know it's just like saying to you just chill out you don't have to you you, you're like uh you're like a a toddler trying to figure out advanced quantum mechanics you have no chance yeah but there is something a higher order of intelligence that is is taking care of everything the thing that's making you breathe you know the thing that's growing trees you know so there's like you know it's not you know, I could say photosynthesis or whatever and get all science and techie. There's like a spiritual force to everything. Yeah. And so it's this intelligence that, you know, in Zen and things like that, you just surrender to. So it's looking at yourself and your actions and questioning deeply and, and knowing like, oh, okay, I am like if Sanders were to figure out a new piece of information, you know, he would be able to adjust his belief system because he's not attached to them. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's what makes him a different human being. He'd be like, "Oh, this is interesting. Let me sit with it and figure this out, and see if it resonates with me." You know, and then that way you're you're always open, you know, to a new idea, and you don't have to continue to create a life and identity based on past beliefs by really questioning and thinking, and um, you know, a deep internal uh, process.
1: What I was just going to say as yeah. well, just to, I was just going to say, jump in there as well. I was going to say, when you explained that, I, I 100% understand what you were saying. But maybe something that came to my mind there, maybe that process. Say what you explained. Maybe that's just the process of our like um, monkey mind and our like um, primal mind, sort of like tapping in and saying, like don't don't like ask ask too many questions like just just stay safe just like do what everyone else is doing just like go along with what society says and just relax calm down you're alright there's a bigger there's a bigger purpose to this that's maybe what's coming into play I was just thinking there
3: you you never know you you mean like people not questioning the reality yeah. or just
1: yeah just so what you when you were explaining there about you were saying how there is a bigger picture to the universe and, and like maybe you were saying you can't take everything on your own shoulders I was right. saying, thinking maybe that's just like um, our monkey brain tapping in and saying, just like go along, with, go along
0: with what everyone else thinks you should be doing. I'm mm. oh, sorry mm. to interrupt, guys, but I was just gonna say, like, I think that's, I think that's basically being trapped by your five senses, in that you're just using what you've got at the minute to just see what you've actually seeing, yeah. and you're just using your senses and limiting yourself to them, and that's what it. I feel it is.
3: Yeah, I so. think it's, I think it's, it's you know, using. I think it's heart based. Um, you know intuitive life living you know like we need the logical mind uh, to do certain things but when you that's what I think it is you know like if you really question what you're doing with yourself Mm. and you do self-work the chances of you doing something where you contribute to your community are very high (sighs) you know what I mean they're very, very, very high because I think that we're here to give and serve. And, I, and you know, one of the best ways that I've heard it put is you go from selfish to selfless. You know, and when you go from selfish to selfless, you are in harmony with all things. And if that's like the, you know, like like a monkey brain or, or, a, or a thought that's incorrect, you know, that's, that's okay with me. I would rather go out like that. I would rather be like, oh, you know, I was tricked in some sort of way. But intuitively, it feels like the only way, you know what I mean? because there is no security there is no um, sure thing yeah. and I think that people get into fear and it's pattern and people make their choices based around the least amount of risk and not the most amount of love and when you can connect more and more with your heart and, and act in your heart you, you're going to trust it and because you're always trusting in the un- in unknown when you're going to a job that you hate because it's security you're trusting in the un- unknown also because that's not secure even though you think it is and, and you hate your life so why not, you know what I mean? Reevaluate what is most important to you, and start to think, okay, you know, if I had one opportunity here, if I were limitless, if I were acting with my heart and with my passion and with my intuition, what would I be doing? And I bet you, if you have the courage to do that, you're going to feel more fulfilled. It's not going to be easy, if anything, it's going to be harder. Um, but I think that you know, because it's so it's so much easier to fall in line it's so much easier to not question because it's so messed up it's pretty much looking at everything that's being told and being like whoa i think this is bullshit and for me i know it's bullshit it's like as obvious as anything like look at donald trump and um hillary you know it's like yeah. it's crazy we want to like a friend of mine we're talking about this I, I hope we do it but you know basically a spoof on it and doing like uh he was it, uh funk trump and basically talking about like you know what if he were like a candidate that were the complete opposite and was just full of love. And just, you know what I mean? Just the most loving, caring, inspirational guy. And then what if Hillary was the exact same way? Yeah. And they were just like, oh, man, you know, like, I hope Hillary wins. You know, if you vote for Hillary, that's cool because she's amazing too. You know, like, what if you had, you know, I don't know, a football reference for you boys like Messi and, you know, Beckham in his prime when he was decent and actually scored uh, (laughs) – The penalty shots, because that's NIC, I see poor guy. Yeah. But it's like amazing player. But what if you had two candidates that were incredible? That's the whole point. That's that, the trick. That would be that the future. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it should be two incredible candidates, and we. Yeah. And, and this is the thing about questioning assumptions. We just think that this is supposed to be the way it is. You're, you're supposed to have a turd sandwich and a douche. It makes no fucking sense. I know <laughs> yeah. forever for yeah. it's bullshit. But there's something off with this. It should be two incredible humans that you don't even know. And then it would be like, okay, me and Sanders are running for office. And they be like, Sanders, bro, if I win, like, could you please like advise me? Like, you're so smart on all these things. I would just love to hear what you have to yeah. say. Yeah, definitely. You <laughs> know, I would just love to have that. You know, let's let's work to get that makes fucking sense. You know what I mean? But we take for granted that this thing. You know, and that's why I love Hillary and Trump because it's so obvious. If you're arguing politics now, oh, my God, like, think about it. Think about the whole thing. You know what I mean? Take a second to think and not just listen to what this thing is saying, you know, because you're going to get more challenges. It's not the only one.
0: I was going to say, Matt, it's so scary because right now, like, it's, it's so divided. And whereas you're talking where it's so connected, and I think that's what's beautiful about it is, like, I think when you get to the point of um, where they're both absolutely amazing human beings up there, both wanting to contribute to society in a gl- global sense with so much love, all of them are just connected with love, I don't think there's going to be any party, it'll just be like one huge connection and I think yeah. government will just be like all one I think as well at that stage as well in the future we will actually, the people will actually realise
1: we, we don't need it we don't need like a, a single leader to run our planet yeah. we can like govern our own opinions and we, we have like choice of our own freedom because we'll be in a state where our consciousnesses expand
0: where we, where we are just like in a loving
1: state where we respect other people's values and that's what I think would happen
0: that would be amazing that would be an amazing place in society to begin and then to just grow on from there it's just going to be a f- phenomenal really to just imagine what that could be
3: yeah, and I'll just say one more thing because I'd love for Sanders to jump in here and just add two cents about anywhere because he's always got amazing points of view. Um, I read something a long time ago that just said uh – you know, it's said about the technologies that uh, created new paradigms on the planet, right? And so I think the first one was like, uh, like lettering and then written word and like uh, being able to, uh, do it on pen and paper. Um, then maybe it was the SOS. And I'm, I'm, fuzz, I'm fuzzy on this, can't remember, but it was just a, te- a telescope or a, a technology that would spark a new civilization. Um, then it was the, you know, the radio. And then the new one apparently was the, the internet. Um, so printing press was in there too is printing press, then the radio, then the internet and what it called for or was a change in this civilization which makes total sense to me, which is the form of government or control because things we need to sort out things. We just have a very old archaic system that does not serve the people. that's just the truth. you know what I mean I am not going to vote for a turd sandwich or a douche. Give me two people that make sense and have everybody work together. But the thing is, is the system is broken. It doesn't work. It's a, a, Frank Zappa said, uh, politics are the entertainment division of the military industrial complex. And so people are bickering between Best Buy and and, uh, Future Shop or Coca-Cola and and Pepsi while rich douchebags are laughing their tits off because we still haven't figured it out. Um, So in this new... Civilization will have new form of government or control of the people. Are, you know if that makes sense. Mm. So we have to figure out what that is and education. And I totally agree with those two points. So that's what I was going to say. And that Sanders get in here with whatever he thinks or feels or whatever you're doing over there, bud. <laughs> <laughs> Who even knows? I was just I was just pondering. I feel as though Donald Trump's
2: kids and Hillary Clinton's kids are probably good friends, and that they're actually like, like behind closed doors friends, and it's like. <laughs> this illusion of um hating one another you know mm-hmm. um but yeah besides that like in terms of uh, you know a new technology to evolve humanity onto something more connected like i think um i like education is obviously huge it is really archaic right now and then i think energy and currency are two of the other big ones because like the currency and the energy are so tied in with the governments that provide them with so much power, and it's very difficult to operate outside of it because, you know, even people who are educated in the alternatives to energy solutions, like, it's still, like, largely in Canada, the U.S., like, everybody's relying on oil. Um, And, like, you know, you can go outside of it, but just this, like, the infrastructure around it is insane, and then you consider a currency, which is all government-issued, so they're the ones who control how much you're finances are work, but how, how much your finances are worth and they can print more money which then devalues the currency that you hold so they maintain this level of, of control over each and every individual and so like currency is largely largely a mechanism for enslavement um, but when you look at technologies like cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and decentralized networks in which no single authority is the issuer but the, the quote-unquote power is distributed evenly across the network then you start entering a realm of more egalitarianism, where um, you can't become as easily enslaved and you certainly can't become enslaved by like an individual or one entity. Um, and I mean, personally, I don't like to perceive it as enslavement because I like to operate outside of that and my understanding of being like a free, conscious being who has no bounds. Um, but on like a societal and cultural level, I do think that uh, currency is going to be one of those technologies, and the um, the larger dissemination of free and clean energy once we get to that point are going to radically shift the way. We operate, and I think these old institutions of the way government currently operates with this illusion of being a a two-party race where you you choose between one evil or another, like, that'll just crumble and dissolve because if they're not the ones issuing you your money or your energy, then you don't have to pay attention to them anymore.
0: Mm, Michael, I completely agree, and I think you're right. And When the illusion fails and the magician has to walk away, we finally see the truth. Uh, So, like, there really is nothing. Like, there's no magical... It's just, like just like um, dust really it just doesn't exist it's just like there you go Oh yeah it was just all bullshit in the end but it makes us all wonder as well though (laughs) how we're gonna come on from that and like it makes us wonder as well like how will our consciousness like expand from like say 50 years to 5000 years
2: It's gonna be intense. I mean, it it, uh, brings up um, like I keep throughout this conversation. I've thought about virtual reality a few times, and just that like we like we could be already existing inside of a virtual uh, virtual reality. And sometimes I think it's quite likely because like in an infinite universe, if we do live inside infinity, then that means that all things have happened. And are continuing to happen and have happened an infinite number of times and spaces so like we could already be in that virtual reality like to me it seems unlikely that this is the first time the universe is arriving at virtual reality with like you know oculus rift and all these new technologies that are coming out that when you're inside of them they're so convincing that you lose awareness of the previous reality you came from and you're so immersed in this new virtual one and like you know maybe that's what we're already inside
1: i was just going to say michael as well it could be it could be it could be actually that this process that we get to where we create this spiritual reality could have been going over it over again all these different cycles again and again yeah. and again
2: yeah, and then once we get into these new headsets, we can become so immersed in that game, because to make it convincing enough, we're going to need to erase our memory of existing in this third dimension. So we'll go into the game, and it'll be so real, and we'll be so emotional about it, and then we'll have to journey through that realm until within that space we come up with with an understanding how to create a virtual reality through the already virtual reality that we exist inside of.
1: Yeah, I was just gonna say as well, I mean, if you think about this now as well, even if you just like you, if I just use the analogy of like um, a film or even a computer game already, when you're watching a film or playing a computer game, your body already feels a part of it. And, and it's there's even proof now that your pulse even increases. So mm-hmm. if, even if you think about what will happen when we eventually get to a point in VR, will we be like, we have, will that uh, VR have a full biological effect on our body? Maybe it will. Yeah the fact of virtual reality though and if i was thinking as well in my head there even if this is a virtual reality it seems to me like it's the most well-constructed game ever constructed ever
2: for sure it's the best i mean it's a cosmic game and that's why it's so fun like matt touched on it earlier if we if we knew right from the get-go that we were this infinite being and we were god and we were the entire universe able to create and manifest Whatever it is that we want, Uh the game might not be as rewarding and as fun. And that's likely why as source, which all of us are, we are, every one of us is the universe. Why we like gave ourselves um, amnesia so that we could like rediscover our divinity because it's just more fun that way. Because like this process, you know, this quote unquote awakening we're all on. And sometimes I don't like to use those terms because I don't like to, you know, place The way that we think is being superior to the way anybody else's else thinks because like to me it's not it's just a different form of thinking and you can choose to live this game however you you please. but like the process we're all we all it resonates with each of us so deeply and we're all having so much fun doing it even when it's a struggle we're all going to bed at night being like even on like our saddest days when it seems like everything's falling apart we're like there's no denying that this is so fucking interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was, I was just thinking. I was jumping in there again. I was gonna say as well. Just imagine though, if we did like get so advanced in time and we solved like every single problem, we solved every single challenge, we solved every single disease. What would we, we would get bored of that? Would we, so what we'd do is we'd create a world that is very similar to the world that we're living in now.
2: Yeah. Well, it's like, the, it's like the notion of the Big Bang. I mean, it seems as though prior to the Big Bang, had, there was a singularity in which everything was Zen and still. Mm-hmm. And then in that Zen and stillness, we decided to explode because we wanted to experience things like anger and passion and ecstasy and despair and sex and the masculine and the feminine and separation within the unity. So... Yeah, I think we're constantly constructing these worlds. And like recently, I've been exploring the concept of non-doing. So since Burning Man, like I mentioned to you guys before we started recording, I, I, I mean, it, Burning Man was the this year in particular was the most transformational experience of my life. And one of the things I recognized was like I've been manifesting everything I've ever set my intention towards throughout my life. And now it's a question of how do I want to feel during that manifestation process because sometimes I get stressed out and like in the middle of the week when like all of my dreams had come true seemingly I was feeling so overwhelmed and so exhausted and so responsible for so many people's well-being which was all self-imposed but it was this realization that like I don't have to create all these difficulties and do all of these things so for the last like 4 weeks I've been in a very chill state of like reflection and decompression and just realizing that like this space because oftentimes the reason i might do things is because i'm on a mission right like i want to solve some problem so that i can arrive at the end state of being in peace but like i could also just choose to step into that peace state right in this moment and have absolutely nothing to do i could just sit and reflect and be like oh i'm already there and it's like transcending the entire need to go through the steps to get there. Wow. And then from that space of this need of not, of this uh, space of not needing to do anything, I think um, creation will just flow so naturally and then there won't be any forcing to it. It'll be like, you know, if I, if I think I need to have a conversation with this particular person about, let's say, financing for uh, sun, moon energy, it'll just happen. And I don't necessarily need to be like, driving myself into the ground trying to find it because I think we so often like we all have to do lists or I mean not all of us but a lot of people have to do lists right and we're like it's almost like we're filling a void we're filling a boredom because if you really analyze your to-do list then let's say you have 10 things a day like how many of those things are actually contributing to your overall well-being and how many of them have you just put in there so that you feel busy and like you're not wasting your time. And it goes the same in like business endeavors, right? Like you could do a hundred things, but it could be one single act, one decision, like one partnership that launches everything and is the solution to everything you've been going through. Oh, and oh, sorry. Yeah. So I'm just, uh, I'm not sure how that tangent started, but I've just been exploring this like place of non doing, and it feels really good because it's just so. Relaxing, and it's like it's been this space where my soul has just been like sighing for a while, just like,
3: ah. Wow, dude, well, I, I love that. I got something to add. Um, it's it's so interesting. Like you touched on a few things there, were pretty powerful. Um, one of them, I think, like the overarching thing is just flow. You know, man, it's just like it's yeah. all gonna work out. It's like the tree doesn't really sort out how it grows. You know, mm-hmm. it's just gonna just doing it, like you know. But the mind can create infinite problems non-stop and fail things and all kinds of stuff. But one thing I want to add, which I think is super interesting, when I was at the burn, I saw two weddings um, and a funny story. I was trying to find uh, my friend's wedding, right? And I go to the temple and it's a little bit dusty going on. And so I go up to this wedding. I'm like, hey – um, is this is this Steve's wedding? Like, nope, wrong wedding. So I was like, okay. So I keep going around, and then I get to another one. I was like, oh hey, is this Steve's wedding? Like, nope, wrong one. I was like, oh god, okay. So then I go to the other because it's basically like a clock face, right? So now I'm at three, and it's this little tiny funny chapel thing, right? There's probably like, uh, you know, there's two people getting married and three people in this booth and a couple people outside, and I gotta look in as they're doing the vows to see if it's the wedding I'm trying to get to. So I just like look at like a bearded fool as you do at Burning Man, and I'm just like peeking my head in there. They both look at me and like, you know, it's not the wedding. So I was like, happy wedding, guys. And then just... So basically I went to the four wrong weddings until I found the right wedding, um, which is a beautiful, magical double wedding. Uh, you know, two sets of people got married and uh, it was amazing and and one they wrote vows and it was so interesting because all of these people were super intelligent loving developed beautiful relationships uh, just awesome just amazing to witness and when the best man of, of one of the guys was uh, this I didn't know this guy but he was talking about the guy and he basically said you know talking about his brother how he was an amazing human being and all this and he goes I remember one day a few years ago, he was uh, really stressed out about something, and then said, hey, I don't think I'm going to be stressed anymore. And he goes, since that day, I have never seen him stressed out once, and it yeah. was a few years ago. So that just demonstrates you know, that whole thing about you know, don't try, just be. You can uh-huh. somehow, I don't know how to do this, but that guy made the choice not to be stressed, and has not been since and you know it had been he said it was like two years or something he's like in the two years span he's like i haven't seen him be stressed he just decided that it didn't serve him and he dropped it like that's a possibility you know what i mean like it's crazy but it is
1: well, i was just, just going to say Matt as well i absolutely loved how you got all the way from that story to that beautiful to the, all the way to the end of that beautiful <laughs> point there <laughs> yeah.
0: that was,
1: that was yeah. amazing I, th- I yeah. think
0: I think right then, right I think that guy at that moment just decided you know what I'm changing the game this is my game now nobody else's this is what I'm feeling, and that's the mm-hmm. powerful that like but when you were talking there by the way, uh, michael I was just I was just thinking like because I was still in the virtual reality world really
2: <laughs> and I was just yeah.
0: thinking I was just thinking like I was thinking, wow, if I was the the person who's actually controlling Michael's character right now and he and I was in control of his game. I'd be so proud of the character I'd created. I would be I would be like, fucking hell, I have made this guy awesome. And you just go around telling everyone else, ah, oh, look at your guy. He's still like he's still working nine to five at Costco. Yeah, that's your guy. He's still level one, whereas I'm on level <laughs> <laughs> ten. And I was just thinking right there, right that moment, I just thought, if there if there is actually people playing us as characters right now in this whole virtual reality world then there's truthfully there's no way anyone would like proper limit themselves whether would they would push their character to the absolute limits of what's possible in this world
2: all oh, right yeah it
0: makes you wonder why is people like if there is why is people still want to play it safe 40 years mm-hmm. nine to five. why maybe they just it's, haven't been connected to the game
3: well it's yeah. man and, and so i think like and i love that because that was hilarious <laughs> um, but I just uh, I imagine playing Sanders too, which would be you should see you should see what this guy does, man. When you hang out with him, it's the shit that comes out of his mouth. It's just, it's just awesome. It just cracks me up, man. It's just he's a he's a beautiful character to witness. Let's just put it that way. Oh, like, I, you guys are making me blush. You guys are awful. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but okay, so two things. Number one is that when, when we're talking about like this virtual reality or this creation, we wanted to build this. Game as um, I can't remember if it was Dan or Chris who touched on it, um, but like if we just and I've said this exact same thing, like if you know if I like okay, I want to figure out abundance and never have to worry about money. Boom, snap. Okay, now I want a wife. Boom, now I want whatever it is. After about half an hour or an hour or maybe two days, you are going to be bored. So then we talk about the planet and what's going on here. Mm-hmm. We came here. There's this. There's I think there's two sides. It's the yin yang for sure because we've got. Um, infinite potential, and we've got a planet that's hurting. It's We came here to fix it, not to sit on our ass and do nothing. You know what I mean? Like we came here to work on ourselves, to be loving, compassion, to raise our vibration and to fix this, to act, to do something, you know, and as we we have to unplug from this game that supports a corrupt system and everything that we do with what we buy, with how we make our living, with how we treat people, really analyze everything. And that's what makes a difference. One person unplugging from the matrix at a time you know talking about stuff that matters um you know developing yourself we we want to build this that's what we came here to do and that's what we're doing this is our job to rebuild ourselves and rebuild this planet um and so that's kind of what i think about this whole uh kind of like ascension type of deal and i forget what my second point was but i was really passionate about that is like we we want to build this it's the whole process and sanders is saying it's like a to b i want to get this okay cool like when Zen athlete does this then i'm happy no it's not the point the point is to love the game is to love the process is to Mm -hmm. be aware so if i'm so focused on going skateboarding so i can get better or going snowboarding and then there's some guy at the side of the road he needs help and then i just pass him and then i go and i get like a tea and a coffee and i don't and i'm not present for you know for saying hi you know we're missing our whole life through lack of presence through through just mind internal chatter trying to get at our goals yeah. right so the more presence and an awareness we're bringing in a higher frequency because we are connected to more things and i and the other thing that i just want to address briefly um is just like you know there's this there's this problem that i see with people that are in the consciousness space or a spirituality space um of like sanders you know said he's like it's not better or worse you know but there's a lot of people who get into the space of like their self-worth i think comes from um you know, reading a book about law of attraction or wanting to change their lives. And all of a sudden, you know, they've, they've broken free a little bit and now they're better than, you know what I mean? Or they're like, oh, they're getting their ego, you know, spiritual ego is like run rampant, man. Uh, you know, they think that because they know it, do a healing modality or something and then have this wisdom. Well, every single person on the planet is a teacher and you need to go through um, your own process with humility and learn from everybody. And never, ever, ever put somebody above your own intelligence and intellect and internal knowing. And any teacher that kind of holds himself in that way, get a different teacher, you know, because, you know, the, the guy who does your plumbing or serves your groceries or whatever the heck it is, that person might have more intelligence if they're loving and they're open and they're honest. And nature and the universe will give you all the lessons that you need to pay attention. The people are just other mirrors of yourself. So... You know, if you're out there and you're, you know, doing the self work, great, do the self work, but remember your humility and compassion, and because you're not, you're not better than, right? And don't, you know, don't create a dependency on people you're trying to serve.
1: Yeah. You know,
3: like, like, that's why I really despise therapy, right? They're creating a, and despise is strong. It's uh, anyone's illusions for what the heck they're going through. But if I'm trying to help someone, I, I don't want you to come, like, when I'm coaching, I want you in and out. If I can get you in and out for 15 minutes to remember that you are the infinite creator and you can do anything and you are beautiful and full of self-worth and you're you know teaching me stuff that's the best yeah, yes so. you know the fastest i can do that it's yeah. not me it's you what do you think you know Krishna krishnamurti is the best at that you know people ask him like yeah, how long should i meditate and he goes why do you want to meditate and the guy's like well don't you meditate he's like yeah i meditate but why do you want to meditate yeah so you know, you're the master Um, learn from people but just remember humility because i think it just really comes down to um, intuition love and compassion for yourself love and compassion for others bringing in as much presence as you can and then going forward like an ignorant fool because nobody knows what the hell is going on
1: yeah (laughs) matt Matt as well when you said there before about like we are all the same this is actually chris said this to me a while ago on the last podcast actually but he chris said to me that I thought he would have said this to be honest just there. He would, I thought he would have been itching to see it. But Chris was talking about like, on the last podcast how we all start a different level in the video game. Like you may be, you may be born like level one in like Ethiopia. You may be born like level two in, in the UK or level three in America. Wherever it is, it doesn't matter. We all just start at a different level. You know what I mean? Mm.
3: Oh, totally. And I would definitely agree that Canada would be you know level three and four, and England and UK would be probably one or two. <laughs> so, <laughs> especially with the cold weather, like we got so much to do with. <laughs> I love that. I just play it. I just play
0: it. <laughs> I, I think as well, though, guys. As well, I expect. I love talking about virtual reality because it does open up so many different worlds and dimensions that it can go into, like. And, and I think in our lifetime, like if we could get to a point where we're living in like multiple multiple worlds worlds let's say like in virtual reality like we don't even need to inhabit our body so like a spin off from that would be like even to go into space travel we wouldn't even need to mm. take our body we just take our mind that's fascinating mm-hmm.
2: Merkable, well, bro yeah you you can just meditate and do that yeah, I was
1: gonna say that you actually. Yeah,
2: here. definitely. <laughs> say I mean, so a <laughs> you, you don't even have to meditate. Like meditation is one of the tools I've used, but I mean, I'm sure you could just do it. Like yeah. you might not even need to call it meditation.
3: Yeah, I just- I mean,
2: I I had a meditation this morning that was like different than any meditation I've ever had, and I did it for an hour, which is honestly the longest I've ever meditated for without being in like a space where I was like listening music or dancing or like doing psychedelics, but just like, you know, my morning meditation, it's the longest I've ever done. I feel as though I've never exceeded like 35 minutes before, but I did it for an hour today. And the veil between the different levels of consciousness and reality was so thin, like all these animals were coming to visit me, like elephants and snakes and monkeys and this elephant or sorry, the snake, I allowed it to crawl up to slither up the right side of my body. And then I've had this experience in other realms before where, like, entities of different sorts will want to enter me. And sometimes it's like a spirit wolf or a spirit bear, and I'm like, I want it to. I want to feel its energy. But then other times I'm uncertain of what sort of um, frequency it's bringing to me, and so I'll resist it. And it's not necessarily that it's bad, it's just that I don't want it. And this time this snake approached me and, like... As much as I try to love snakes, and I do, I've seen, like, they're such powerful creatures, but they still creep me out a little bit, like, the way they move. And so this snake was approaching me, and it wanted to come inside me, but I'm like, okay, no, like, you can't come inside me, but I will let you slither along the exterior of my body. So then it slithers along the exterior of my body, and then I'm like, okay, actually, I'm going to let you go in me through my back, but you have to come out my mouth. And I know this sounds crazy, but, like, I let the snake come in up my spine and then it, it it ascends like out of my mouth. It just starts shooting out of my throat and then it loops back around and goes towards my feet and I decide I'm going to dive inside the snake myself. So rather than it going into me, I'm going to go into it. And then I like burst through this snake and then I'm in this realm of like sacred geometry and these glowing, colorful, fractal flower-like, shapes that are like morphing and doing all of these wonderful things. like it was just so glowing and beautiful. And um, and it was so peaceful and it reminded me a great deal of my third ayahuasca ceremony that I go into great detail in in my book, but this place of being like so at peace and being at like the creative source of everything and i also saw all these little white lights shooting across the space that i was in that reminded me of sperm cells that were fertilizing eggs or like Whoa. an asteroid that fertilizes a planet but they were just simply ideas that were fertilizing the cosmos and i was watching as these like waves of energy were floating through everything and um And I also contemplated this notion of like how, like the notion of autonomy as a human being, like if there are, let's say, astronomical forces or much larger forces than we can perceive and like it's going in one direction, how easy is it for the individual to maintain, let's say, a level of happiness if the force, like the greater force that's governing things is a darker force and and vice versa, if it's like a really light force that's governing things, how... How easy is it for the human being to, like, express sadness or despair? And I didn't really get an like, how I don't really have a concrete answer to say, but I, I certainly think there exists autonomy within this larger um, experience. But, yeah, I guess the reason I brought all of that up is because you're talking about, like, space travel through virtual mm-hmm. reality and through technologies. But, like, you can just simply do it. And I didn't even set the intention to do this. I was just lying in my bed. And uh, it was actually one of the first times I've ever meditated to binaural beats. And it just came out of uh it was just spontaneous i just looked up a youtube video and it, it obviously partly contributed to the the experience that i had
1: well honestly michael when you said that there, there was there was so, there's so many points i want to touch on i'm going to try and get back on them when i can but the first one i want to bring up for you, you when you're talking about the the snake Um, mm-hmm. this is interesting to me because have you actually have used i don't know if you, Matt, i don't know if you've read this either but have you read uh, uh, jeremiah norbury's book the cosmic servant yeah. yeah. Well, he talked. You know, have you seen his theory? How he talks about how the oh, he talks about how the snakes are like um, a metaphor for DNA. Yeah. Because it,
2: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Because it, it's interesting to me because if what sparked in my mind there, if you think about this, if an advanced techn like an advanced civilization was trying to communicate with like humans now, it wouldn't if they wouldn't necessarily be in the form of radio. It would be like in the form of DNA because they would like it, they would um, they would develop a te- technology that's so advanced. That we could only access it when we are ready, and they, and they would and they would know that we could access it. Sorry, they would they could know that. Oh, I've lost my trailer for it. you doing I, really well? I, yeah, but basically, yeah, I, but basically I, an advanced civilization would if if they would only they would only allow us to access it when we're ready. That's what I was basically trying to say.
2: Sure, and I just I think it's important to clarify to anybody listening is that in Jeremy Narby's book, The Cosmic Serpent, he talks about how. Uh, he's an anthropologist, and he goes down to the Peruvian Amazon to investigate how shamans down there are using ayahuasca and other plant medicines. And going down there, he was quite skeptical of many of the claims he was hearing, but he wanted to see it firsthand. And one of the things he learned was that when you know scientists in the Western world discovered uh, DNA and the double helix strands, the shamans in Peru were not in the least bit surprised because they had been seeing snakes yeah. in their visions for millennia. And they perceive those snakes as being um, like the foundational element of our evolution and how we spawn and propagate and our species um, subsist And so they equate um, snakes to what scientists call DNA.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say as well before as well, Michael, just to go back as well when you said it before about like like just do it now. Like we're talking about space travel. It's interesting mm-hmm. to me because if you think about it now for some reason on this planet we define intelligence by like a laptop by like things that are physical but like yeah. I, what i think about all these ancient cultures they were aware that we had the, we already have the greatest gift gift and the best technology in the world and it's already inside of us and that's what you saw of yeah. uh, see before and i think that's beautiful because when we do realize that we realize that we don't need to go so far in the future we can just like be present in the now
2: yeah, I think so much of our, so many of our technologies are just reminders to our intuitive self about the abilities that we naturally possess. Like I think you and I chat or we chatted about this one other time. You know, it's like we are telepathic creatures, and I think text messaging is our rational mind wrapping its head around the concept that we are telepathic because mm-hmm. now we can use our cell phone and I can share with you my thought across the planet instantaneously.
1: Yeah, I was going to say as well, Michael like The beautiful thing is, as well, is actually that if you do think about the human body now, like you're using the example of the, the the mobile phone there. But if you think about mm-hmm. the human body now, the human body sending like we are, just because we're having this conversation now, we're actually sending uh, text messages all over our body, sending signals all over our brain yeah. neurons right now.
0: People don't even realize that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, man, that's awesome.
0: I think we keep forgetting about all. I think we keep forgetting about all that. Um, All uh, trillions of like cells and what they're actually doing, like there's like seventy trillion cells right now in the human body, all going absolutely hectic in all different directions, and we're just like standing still, and that's fascinating (laughs) to think, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah. And we're just cells of something much larger.
0: Yeah. Have have
2: you, have you guys
1: seen um, like the, the picture of like the I think it's like the picture of the internet, the universe, and the mind.
2: Yeah. The, they're all
3: the
1: same. Yeah, the, yeah there's complet you know different other. It's it's crazy.
3: Yeah, there's just they just released a picture to uh the first high res picture of the nebula, I think. It's on Reddit. I just posted it, I tweeted it. Um but oh, you yeah. know, just to see that, that grand scope or they have another video that zooms all the way into the smallest thing that we can see, and then all the way out until the known oh, universe, yeah. and it's the exact same. Um I just wanted to add in mm, uh because yeah. there's so much awesome stuff like the text message analogy for you know yeah kind of like break i think it's just slowly chipping away at the veil right but he does such a really good analogy like such a good analogy um but as, with the cosmic serpent that's all yoga one-on-one you know what i mean that's taking kundalini energy yeah, yeah from your root chakra up and then when it goes out the top that's when you trip on dmt made from the body and that's yeah. what yogis are doing. They're just tripping on their own supply. Yeah, that's yeah. what you know. You know, with like what I, you know, with the, what I'm trying to do with Zen Athlete Sanders. I got binaural beats in there. Like I got, I got it all in there through sport. And then the whole point is like, hey, yeah, sports all well and good, and you can get all hyped up about the Raptors and being a great athlete. But that has nothing to do with this higher level. You know what I mean? That's like, yay, you know, you've, you've you're an NBA champion or something. Like not to discredit that, that's awesome. But when you realize that's not your self-worth and there's this big, massive cosmic picture and you can tune into it through that, you know, and they're like, holy smokes, because so, yeah, what I was going to just say about like this, this thing of like, you know, sports, one way to access it. But, you know, in China and the Shaolin monks, they're accessing this information and yoga. Uh, uh, you know, in India, they're accessing the information. And if you're willing to do these breath patterns and these yogic practices, um, or these different practices that are, people are sharing, you can have a direct experience that brings you to a place that you're like, holy smokes, like this is wild. So, what is my, what is my, um, you know, what is my purpose or, or game or evolution in this? And so, you know, we can use things like binaural beats, like technologies, like learning to meditate, like singing bowls, um, like hypnosis. So we have all of these tools, but we are the ones that are unlocking our own DNA, are unlocking our own awareness, or going through our own growth in whatever way feels natural and intuitive to us. So, you know, I think that sound healing is super powerful. I think that binaural beats can be really powerful. Um, I think that sitting in nature is is powerful. And what people, I, I would suggest, try is just... What things, you know, would you like to try to um, feel more at peace, to feel more connected, to feel more at ease, to, um, you know, let go of anything you think you might need to let go of, to experience more joy and presence? Um, and, and, yeah, start kind of experimenting with some stuff so, so then you can have these experiences and, you know, get into like a little bit of a bigger picture. So I think it's kind of like two things. Um, you know, when I, when I, when I'm working with athletes, it's two, two things. It's like, you know, if you're LeBron James or you're the best fighter on the planet and I'm helping you, or you're just trying to be better and you want to be, you know, let's say the X Games gold medalist, this girl that I'm working with. And, um, so, you know, we get to the point and we do all these processes to get the goal to be an X Games gold medalist. But the whole point is to be whole, happy, harmonious, and full of self love and joy and ecstatic about life right now with losing the x games with missing the game winning shot because that doesn't really make us who we are it's saying okay who am i really and now i can use sport or something or business or or a a worthy mission that we put on ourselves as a catalyst to express and to develop our mind body and spirit and just like you know perceive life in a little bit of a way as a growing experience you know so you can have that joy and that uh, presence and that peace and that excitement and that enthusiasm in every moment because it's always a journey it never ends once you get you know the rabbit or the carrot at the end of the stick there's going to just be a different carrot you know Mm -hmm. so that's the whole Mm -hmm. trick is we're trying to get to something but when we can you know be really content and happy and fulfilled now but then give ourselves a worthy mission that we're like oh yeah this is super fun i really want to work towards this um and this is something that motivates me to be to to develop myself then i think that we're really on to something there
1: yeah i was going to say as well before matt when you something that sparked in my mind when you made a point there, because it seems to me one of, that, the point, one of the points you said there it seems to be that like the most important thing like for the future the future it seems to me it's already with inside of us because like you said, we can access. We you can access one of the best technologies now, which is meditation, or we can go into nature, and I think all them different diverse attributes actually make the future already deep within inside of us. Now we just have to learn how to tap in with that now, and we can actually, if you think about it now, we can already have the future within inside of us. What you were saying, I think that's beautiful. What you said,
3: yeah, totally, yeah. man. And I've heard this. I've heard this before uh, from many different uh, people and channelers and things, and I don't understand it per se, but I've heard it and I think that it's probably true because I've been to a space of no time, no past, present, future through meditation, through yogic breathing and through ayahuasca is the same space. Um, But you could go to the past and you could go to the future in this space, like whatever this like dimensional leap is or this or this uh, veil removal. I think that once it happens, you can go forward or backwards and it be right in it. You know what I mean? Like you can already do it a little bit like Sanders talked about memory. Just think about a memory that's, you know, uh five years ago or something, you know, you're in that space, but you could, you know, do processes that even deepen that experience. So you're touching it already. So to fully immerse yourself in that space to me isn't isn't too far fetched a concept
1: i was just going to say as well, Matt. There, you sparked a different question in my mind. There, eh? uh, this is a bit of a deep question. This, but do you think, like, when, when you're talking about time, there, eh, do you think in the future, like, we will need time?
3: <laughs> That's such a funny question. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh my god! I just, do I, keep, I, I, I don't keep, know, man. You just broke my brain with that question.
1: It might have keep me keep me mind there, and I just oh. thought, I just thought, I had I have, to, I have to ask it. <laughs>
3: Oh, man, yeah, no, let me just tag team my partner, Sanders, and I'll let him let him feel that one. I don't know. <laughs> Fuck, I have no idea. <laughs> I think, you know, I think that, like, in that space, like, when the veil's removed, kind of like my same concept, is that it's just, it's just non-existent in the way that we understand it. So the way that I kind of help people wrap their heads around it is that, okay, think about in your mind right now for you guys and everybody listening – Okay, just take a second and think about one year time. So from now and then one year, time and space. And really just think about how much time that feels like. Now think about three years of time. And now think about five years of time. And now think about about 10 years of time from now. Can you feel like when you're doing that, like any real difference like really tangible difference in the time like it felt like five or ten or three years was much longer like one year was was ten years
0: it's really interesting the thing it's like cause I, I, oh sorry um, Michael I was just going to say really interesting the thing because I was actually feeling now I was feeling like in one year's time compared to like ten years time like I had a quick um, quick distinction between the two of them and I just felt like like there was no time it was just like like a blip and it just felt like that's like the been the process me whole life. It feels like it's been a blip from birth to right here. And it just feels like that's it's gonna it. be a blip from there to then.
3: That's it, man. That you can't you can't actually feel the difference because all there ever is is now. That's you know, the boom, Zendra. But that's what they're wow. talking about. All there ever is is right now. And that's how when we go back in time and we go forward in time, it was only one moment anyways. So we can just go to different moments, but the way we're perceiving it is linear time. I've heard this said before, and I find it freaking hilarious. Was that uh, some? I can't remember. It was probably a channeling or something. And it said humans are the only species we're aware of that's figured out how to measure something that doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> they're wow. Talking about time. So, so and you know when you when you do three deep breaths, you know, or that's what I say. You know, one of the things that sometimes I say, enlightenment is three D. For us, just connecting to that moment because that's all there ever is, and then we just continually forget that right after because then we go get some nachos or something and we're hungry and we want to watch sports, right? And then the and kicks in and then it's gone. But we have to continually remember that there is only one present moment, and the more deeply we can connect to that, um, we can connect to the universe and all things and infinite intelligence and all this kind of fun stuff.
1: Whoa, boys, just I just I think we'll, we'll bring try and bring this to the end now because it's painless. Quite took quite a bit of your time and it's been amazing it's obviously it's a water podcast it's so a water podcast but um, I was just wondering just bring this to the end guys if you just could like pick one thing that you think will be like available or come up in the future that will change our entire existence what do you think, think it will be?
3: Sandor? Um,
2: oh, one thing I'm gonna, I think it's enjoyment. I know it's not like how we would typically perceive technology, but I think when, when that's talking about the present moment, right? So in each mo- moment, you have the choice to enjoy that present moment, regardless of how difficult it may seem. You can decide to enjoy whatever it is that you're going through. And the more people who are able to tap into that, to, enjoy every given moment, then the more harmony and the more magic we're going to see around us at all times, because if you can enjoy this moment, then you don't need to strive for anything because you're already in the place that you want to be
0: that's, so deep.
1: that's that so deep absolutely beautiful Matt can you beat that <laughs>
3: <laughs> no you guys, you guys have a it recording it's good yeah. <laughs> 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 um, you know I, I think that's a beautiful answer and really spot on I think to answer the question maybe the way that you were um, phrasing it I, I, I believe that this shift in consciousness and what we're going through is is very is going to be aided through technology Uh, so when we talked about immortality in the beginning if you google core love there's there's a two hour video from this guy core love and uh, he talks about the quest for immortality and you know he has like this sacred geometry stuff you know I know people personally working on tech that is like mind blowing and they're like seeing tech that's going to come down kind of like Star Trek type stuff and like this is going to come into our existence and it's going to be crazy and it's being developed now so so I think that technology is going to be something that's going to, to help us. Like virtual reality is like step one. Like, think about virtual reality now as like, um, remember Atari or something? Half the people mm-hmm. listen to probably don't even know what friggin' Atari is. <laughs> um, like, you know, they're starting with N64. But if virtual reality is Atari, then what the heck is going to be the virtual reality or the pay- PlayStation 4? So I do believe we will be assisted through t- technologies, and this will be almost a mirroring back of you know us remembering who we are as humans to yeah. continually continually reflect back like we are the ones with infinite potential accessing all this dormant DNA potential uh, mindset because as you guys were saying earlier about how you know people are you know why don't they wake up and why are they like this what well, sucks because the programming is so effing good if I say don't imagine a pink elephant. Your mind has to go to make sense of the yeah. pink elephant. And in that sense, they've they've been really intelligent, um, the system in place to box your mind. It's it's on purpose and it's it's very, very good. And now we're getting unboxed. So as we continue to unbox and let go of limiting belief after limiting belief um through different forms, uh, we are going to open up to something really beautiful, and it's going to be an interchange first because that's what matters most. And it's going to be assisted by these new technologies of virtual reality, of sound healing, of probably healing pods, of crap we can't even imagine. I've heard of like these, you know, I'm, I'm talking to this guy, he has these light, this thing that creates a, DMC, a DMT experience through flashing light at a different frequency. And, a, you know, access isn't supposed to activate DNA and all kinds of crazy stuff. So that is going to be, I think, technologies are going to come into play that just assist us in remembering who we truly are Yeah, and that's a very long winded answer was, there you
1: go I'm so glad Max that was, that was, that <laughs> man, that was a uh, that was a beautiful answer as well but when you said as well like what will like the future of the future of games look like and stuff like that I was thinking in my head though maybe um maybe like the, the Playstation like the Playstation now sorry Earth now is like already Playstation 2016
3: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah totally. 100% that's you know, yeah, I, yeah. I, I see this as a virtual reality and and I was going to touch on this a little bit before, but Alan Watts has a, a beautiful video online. Oh yeah. And he's yeah. like, okay, let's. Uh, have you seen that one? Or like, let's imagine you can dream for a night, and then you get, you know, uh, more adventurous, and you dream for a week, and then you imagine you could dream for a lifetime. Yeah, yeah. And then come back. He's like, what if this life were a dream? And and it's so anyone out there, I don't know, what you would Google to find that Alan Watts dream, but it's it's powerful, and I I totally think that's what's going on. But when you're in it, it has to feel real. If it, if it didn't feel real. And you didn't perceive everything as real, um, then you would you wouldn't learn the lessons. You know what I mean? If you know that um, you know every choice you make doesn't matter, and you've already got the answers, you can just go around being a you know whatever. But if it's real, you know you're gonna you're gonna grow and you're gonna learn and you're gonna learn the lessons for you know why you came here uh, to be and be a part of this planet and grow as a human.
1: Definitely, I was going to say as well. I I was going to say as well, Matt. I think that the beauty of this game is this. The game is so beautiful we don't even know it's a game. And that, that is the that is the beauty of it. But just to bring this to end, boys, we're going to have to definitely do this again because I'm just going to say, wow, wow, what a podcast! Honestly, amazing. Thank you, oh, honestly, yeah. th- thank you so much guy's for like
0: being so powerful, man.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for being like just thank you so much for being you too because it's honestly yeah. thank you so much.
0: Thank you for being at top levels in the game. Yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. It's it's always awesome to just hang out with you and ch- chat yeah it was a pleasure guys thanks so much we're, we're we always love to i love talking to you guys so thank you guys for you know for your commitment you know i think what sanders is so funny that you and i were what like episodes one and two or two and three respectively something yeah, yeah, stupid yeah. like that yeah. um but you know uh you guys in in bringing this podcast and how how far you guys have gone from that and you know as i have a podcast we both know we're not in for the money yeah, yeah. yeah. like i'm sure yeah, like no, one yeah, day i'm yeah, sure yeah, yeah definitely it'll work definitely out not. but it's Right, it's a ton of work, and we're doing it because we, you know, you guys want to share something and you want to have conversations and you want to yeah. serve. So, that, I was you gonna, know, I was gonna thank you, you guys. I was going to say as well, Matt, back. when
1: you said there, like, we're not doing it for the money, you, you're totally right. Because the thing is, the biggest currency is this, what we're having now, yeah. and what we're sharing with other people, and what other people can experience from that, and then they can pass on to their family. And I think that's the beautiful thing about it. Because at the end of when the day, we are all not all one at the end of the day. So, beautiful, absolutely. Yeah thanks so much for listening guys that brings the three part episode to end and i really hope you guys enjoyed the three episodes and they really opened up your minds to different possibilities i just want to say thank you so much to matt belay and michael sanders for being a huge part of this amazing episode and thanks again to david whitehead and gavin Nashimento. they are all incredible human beings spreading so much knowledge and wisdom in the world if you guys enjoyed these episodes please share and tell your friends And to see this podcast out, and as a little added bonus, we asked Matt Belair and Michael Sanders what they think it means to be awake in the future.
2: Oh, to be awake in the future. Man, like, hmm, I don't know. I guess maybe we should define awake. I'm I'm guessing that you mean people who are sort of self-aware and... In tune with many of the things that uh, we talk about with respect to consciousness. Yeah, definitely yeah, so I Guess to be awake in the future would to just continue on the trajectory of an open-mindedness that recognizes Nothing is impossible and that you know, it's okay to um, dismiss certain things if you've spent some time considering it and thinking about it, but to dismiss the possibility of anything just right off the bat, I think is kind of, um, not in a condescending way, but it's kind of like you're asleep if you think that something is impossible right off the get-go. Um, because I, I just, we've talked about this before, but I really, I really can't see how, uh, anything is impossible
3: except for perhaps impossibility itself so what do I think it means to be awake in the future to me what that means is somebody who lives with a certain level of consciousness they've let go a lot Of things around um, the false ego, a lot of false perceptions. Um, You know, they're not going up and they're trying to get a whole bunch of stuff for themselves, you know, acquire a bunch of shit for no reason. They're at a level where they're looking for something deeper. They're trying to find uh, meaning and purpose in their life. They are of service to other people. They've done a lot of work and, you know, they're trying to contribute to the whole. They're trying to live a life that that is meaningful to them Um, and i think the difference really between being awake and being asleep it's just that somebody who is awake is really questioning their reality and questioning their own intentions and questioning what's possible for them and questioning their own assumptions so you know for me to be awake in the future is just going to be somebody who has done enough of that work to say hey this is where i'm going and i continually check on my direction I continually check to see if where I'm aiming my boat or ship or life is in my congru is in congruence with where I am now it's in integrity with my thoughts with my feelings with my emotions with my gifts with who I really am not making decisions out of I need to go get more of this I need to get that or feeling victim Um, you realize that you're the creator you realize that you can shape your reality and you realize that being of service to others is going to be your highest value bringing in your own awareness and discovering who you are um, your own self-worth your own self-love and then trying to share that and just continue to make the decisions every day to be loving and kind in every interaction and be able to uncover more of yourself and to not resist so i guess that's a long-winded answer for that but you know for for me just being awake is bringing more awareness in and it's getting past the false ego and the reactionary mind into a deeper space and living your life the best you can in every moment like that bringing in as much love and kindness and compassion and awareness into each and every moment as you can.